With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Pitt fans? Welcome back to another Pitt Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel podcast network. He is Chris Carter. I am Noah Hiles. We are coming to you live from Charlottesville, Virginia, where Chris is one bedroom over from me. We are at our Airbnb, ready to cover probably the biggest basketball game Pitt has played in this, or will play in this season, or at least up to this point in the year. The Panthers this evening, as you're watching this on Tuesday, will be taking on number 21, Virginia on the road, but we've got a lot to talk about football and basketball. Uh, Chris, before we get into all of that, we got to talk about the show's presenting sponsor, which is Mike's Beer Bar. Um, whether if you're in town for a Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in town, as well as amazing food options. They have over 20 TVs, and you can catch all of your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, River Hounds, and Premier League action. Right at Mike's, come on in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers, as well as their 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can try to get a flight, or you can get a flight and try out every option you can dream of, and trust me, you won't run out because I never do, and I'm always there. You can try a steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you choose how hot you want your steak cooked with a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix for the best bar in Pittsburgh. Chris, a lot has gone on since we last spoke. Another mm-hmm. coach departed, Pitt won a couple of basketball, or one big basketball game. Um, a lot to dive into, uh, but we'll go with the most recent news, which uh, Joel asked this question. Just curious to hear both of your thoughts on Taekwon Underwood's departure. Was this a surprise? I will start off by answering this for both of us. Yes, it was. Uh yeah, we the Post Gazette obviously we broke this news. Um, a source reached out to me right at right at the end of the first half of the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was uh, so funny. Right, I, and then like Carter and I were at different gatherings, and so the first source hit me up and and asked me if I knew about this, and I started doing some digging. I got Chris on the line, and we were able to confirm the news and and break that story. Um, is it a surprise? Yes, because I didn't see this coming. You know, sometimes when you hear about departures, like when we reported on the the firings of Salem and Borbley, you know, we we knew that was coming. Like some of right. these things down, you hear down the line, and it's just a matter of time. This one was a big surprise, um, particularly because this guy had other opportunities earlier in the off season and chose to stay at Pitt with, and he was supposed to be kind of like the one guy that gave this offensive staff some consistency. Now, that's where the surprise comes. Is it a surprise based off situation and circumstance? Absolutely not. Because this is what's happening in college football right now. 
assistant coaches are going to the NFL because it's a better life. It's a more manageable lifestyle. So surprised by the news, not surprised by the action taken simply because this is what people are doing now. Carter, I'll let you add on anything that you have. I mean, it's absolutely a surprise with the offensive staff turnover. Tyquan Underwood was like, the, that was one of the first things we learned was like, like he's fine. Everything else, like he was not there. The, the Panthers weren't going to move on from him. They had a plan for him moving forward. Uh, and this is a guy who was one of their better recruiters of the, of the newer additions to the staff. You know, you look at, how you know how you know how, who he's brought to the table just last year you know Kenny Johnson was the guy that got in but they got in four young freshmen where like they were all talented guys who were respected you know you know Kenny Johnson Lamar Seymour uh, Izzy Polk Zion Fowler all, all of those all of those guys right there um those were all players who you could see and, and say like hey if two of those guys hit those are those are two playmaker wide receivers that Pitt has da- down the line and uh uh, Tyquan Underwood, a big part of you know, you know, bringing those guys in as the receivers coach, and also like there was a swagger to the receiver room. Like if there was one thing that was good about Pitt's offense last year, outside of Gavin Bartholomew, it was its receivers. They got they made plays. You know, Kanate Mumfield when he got in space, he was dangerous. When Kenny Johnson got a chance with the ball in his hands, oftentimes he made plays there. Um, and there was a hope that maybe if if they if they had a chance with an with an offense that was settled, steady quarterback play, that the that the receivers could explode. So yeah, it's a little you know it's it's, it's a little bit of a surprise to hear Tyquan Underwood being one of the coaches that are out at Pitt. But uh, you know it's not a surprise that coaches want to move on from the uh, from college yeah. football. Like because like you were saying, I, you know you look around what's going on. You know, you know not only the consistent work that consistent coaches in college football have to do just to stay on it and keep recruiting, but also this consistent work you need to keep your players. And it's just becoming unsustainable. A lot of people have been saying this was coming and now you're seeing the fallout pit has now experienced this in back-to-back weeks, Charlie Partridge last week, Tyquan Underwood this week. And uh, you know, it, it's crazy to think, but it's like, you know, is, is another person coming and you're, you know, they're running out of old coaches to, to keep around anymore. Archie Collins, Corey Sanders and Ryan Manilak are now the holdovers from last year with, with Pat, with, with Pat Narduzzi, whereas the rest of the, the staff is going to be brand new, including the entire offensive staff. Yeah. It's uh it's a sign of the times and it might be a sign of what can happen with one bad year in this era's college football, where, you know, one bad season gets away from you and it's a lot harder to recruit. It's a lot harder to do everything. And, a hard sport to build success to begin with has now become essentially impossible when you have one misstep like the Panthers did, which brings us to our next question. This one comes from Steven. Um, is put is pit football's program in trouble right now? I'll let you start off by, by with this one, Carter. I think they're certainly at a crossroads. They could, they are on the verge. Like right now it looks like they are, they are in trouble. And, yeah. and I said it because, just a couple of, going into last season, you felt great. They had won 20 games in the last two years. They had, they had an ACC championship, a Sun Bowl win. Everything was pointing upwards for the program. And then one three and nine season, and now you're missing your uh, your your defensive line coach, who was deemed as the best defensive line coach in all of college football. You know the young wide receiver coach, then pass game coordinator you had in that you thought was going to help. You know keep your you know, put your offense on the right path. He's out the door. And 
you don't know what you have next year. You know, y'all last year, a big, a big part of the past few years, a big part of Pitt's defense has been built on cornerback play. All those cornerbacks are gone as far as the guys who have started. Uh, they're going to be needing a lot of guys stepping up in a lot of positions. And now you're going to be doing that without the stability that you've had under Pat Narduzzi's tenure for the past nine years. I mean, you've had Andre Powell, Tim Salem, uh, got you know Dave Borbley, Charlie Partridge, all those guys, staples in this program. And even though Underwood's only been here for two years, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, that's still big. You know that you know that that's still like a guy that was was looking to be a bigger part of your program. Gone. So yeah, you know what? Because here's the thing: if this year goes south, if this is not a a in a seven, eight, nine win season for the Panthers. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people looking around and they're not going to see the stability that this program has had under Pat Narduzzi for most of his tenure. And it could risk losing some of these players that have been committed to the program. Uh, and, like, you know, some of these four-star guys, Jasir Whittington, Francis Bre- uh, Bro, you know, all these guys that they've had committed that are like waiting their turn, Isaiah Neal, uh, you know, what are they going to say uh, when they don't see the position coach that recruited them still with the program and they're struggling? It's, a, it's at a crossroads. They got to prove it now, Noah. Yeah, I, I just kind of look around and I'm. What is there to be optimistic right now? Yeah. About what, what is there to be encouraged with with Pitt right now? I, 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 you could point at what they did in the portal. I think they made some big moves there. But the two main selling points for Pitt football over the last five, six years and their success that they've had as a program were stability and Charlie Partridge. Those were yeah. the two things that, that brought a lot of people here. It's, hey, come here. We're typically going to be a team that wins at least eight games. We're going to develop you. And especially if you're a defensive lineman, we're going to develop you into an All-American. And they don't have those things right now. They, they proved to be vulnerable. And by going three and nine last year, their, their whole coaching staff, is totally different. They have, like you said, they have four turnovers right now, and it's all on the defensive side of the ball. And the offensive staff, as it currently stands, none of these guys have had a notable power five job. I think the offensive line coach worked at Florida for like a season as an analyst or something. And, and, um, you know, and I'm not discrediting these guys, but that's a tough sell for recruiting. And so, you got a whole new offensive nucleus that's got to learn how to recruit at the Power 5 level for the first time. And let's be real. This program doesn't have the same resources as the teams it's going to be competing against. It's, it's going to have a very tough time trying to sell what it's coming off of, a 3-9 and nine season, with not a lot of finances to offer to back that up. And while, yes, they have some intriguing talents within the program, a lot of those guys are very young and very unproven. They probably lost their their best overall prospect on the defensive side of the ball to the portal this last year with, with Sam Oak and Lola. I don't think that anyone really had a bigger upside as far as years remaining and overall talent than him. He's gone. You look on the offensive side of the ball. Sure, there are some nice pieces there. Rodney Hammond Jr., Kanate Mumfield, of course, Gavin Bartholomew. But they haven't been able to figure out how to get these guys to maximize their potential in two years. Why are we sitting here believing that a new offensive coordinator can do the trick? Maybe he can, but maybe he can't. My problem is there's there's a lot of negatives right now associated with pit football. There's a lot of questions. There's not a lot of sure things as far as roster, as far as coaching, as far as recruiting, as far as resources, as far as recent success. It's 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 bad. It's bad. And it, it 
the way it gets resolved is by going at least seven and five next year and saying that was a blip in the road or a bump on the road, a blip in the radar, and that this is going to be a very young team this upcoming season. And if all of these guys you brought in through recruiting the last couple of years, all these guys you brought in through the transfer portal can come in and make an impact, then that's how this program gets saved. But it's going to be very daunting because I'm not sure the departures are finished yet. Who's to say that a couple good of guys question, good point. You know, who's to say that some guys don't leave after spring ball? You know, like you said, Carter, most of the talented players on this team, the high end guys that came in through the portal or recent high school recruits, the assistant coaches that recruited them are no longer here and they can go make more money elsewhere. So what's keeping them here? if the relationships aren't there and the finances aren't there. So it's going to be tough. I'm not trying to sound like a doomsday prepper, you know, for pit. I don't want people to, you know, just give up because, you know, you got to see, I mean, Narduzzi has been one of the better coaches in the history of this program. He's second all time and wins for a reason. And they, they clearly think he's still the guy for the job. We'll, we'll see, but I will say in his whole career, this is by far the biggest challenge that mm-hmm. he has because the deck is really stacked against them. Uh, Ray wants to know on the note of Pitt football, is Pitt making a mistake by naming Nate Yarnell at starting quarterback before spring ball starts? We've kind of talked about this already, so we don't need to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, Narduzzi named him the starter at the end of the regular season in Durham after the final game of the regular season. He said it again to the ACC Network. Then he and Cade Bell said this last week, that that Nate Yarnell is heading into the uh, spring ball as the team's starter with Bayer behind him on the depth chart. And then I believe Kay Bell said he's going to he's gonna see what Duggar, Holstein, and um, Diefenbach can do behind them. That's exactly what you're supposed to say. You go, yeah. you go with the returning starter. Um, this, that's no more than this. I, I think it's an open job, uh, but you have to have at least one favorite right now. Um, Yeah, I I don't think there's more to this. I don't think it's a mistake. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Yeah, it's not a mistake because also, like you said, I think it's not as in stone as, you know, people might might think that it it is when you hear that, particularly because when you go into camp, you need a number. You cannot go into camp with just a, I don't know, at Mm -hmm. quarterback. And even if that's how you actually are, like you need to go in for the reps sake. Hey, Nate. You're with the you're with the ones, and even if Christian Bayer's right at right in with him and saying, "Hey, you get the first rep with the ones," but Christian, you're also going to get rep with the ones. You still need a guy who's going to take those first reps. And if Pitt wants to make it so that those guys are more interchangeable, that's fine. But you need to come out and say who is is the starting quarterback to start spring ball, and that's why that is. Now, if they stick with with Nate Yarnell because you know regardless of results, that's when we can say something's a mistake. But Based off of the way these guys played last year, Yarnell was the better quarterback at the end of the season. Rock, rock, rock with that, but be flexible and malleable to what you see as spring ball continues. And to, to make one final point on this, 
there's not one quarterback right now that deserves to be named the starter ahead of Nate yeah. right now. Because yeah. three of the five guys on scholarship on the roster have never played a snap in college football. And the only one that has, that's not named Yar- Nate Yarnell, lost his starting job to Yarnell. So, yeah. you know, Bayer, who you can argue might have more talent or whatever, he was benched in place for Nate Yarnell. And Nate Yarnell performed better. And albeit a smaller sample size, but still performed better. So it should be Nate Yarnell right now. But again, I don't know if it's going to stay that way. We'll move over to basketball now. Drake wants to know, who has been Pitt's most important player over the past month? Pitt, of course, winning five of its last six heading into Tuesday night's matchup against Virginia. Carter, I feel like there's a lot of good candidates for this question. I'll let you answer, though. You can go first. I think it's Jalen Lowe. I, I really think that he that he's been the, been, a, been a key point for Pitt's offense and defense, really. Because um, I asked Jeff about uh, him and Bub carrying his defense, and he talked about how well these guys have taken on the challenge to take on whoever the top guards are that they face. They have they have prepared, they've scouted, they've 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 applied what they're learning in their scouts to how they defend, and they're getting sharper with it and smarter. And they're realizing, like, hey, it's not just about you know trying to be the better player in the in the moment, trying to trying to just you know be more aggressive or something. It's about being smarter. It's about being more prepared and being there. And that's something that. Jalen Lowe's on defense while also being explosive on offense. He can hit a shot. He can uh, he can attack the basket. He can create for others by attacking the basket. Um, he's been extremely consistent. Uh, so I, I'd say Jalen Lowe is the is the best player or the most important player over the past month because with his additions to the offense, it opens so many other things up. Uh, but I think you'd also have the arguments for a few other players. Yeah, I would just to be devil's advocate. I would say Ishmael Leggett. Um, I think Leggett, Leggett, by being so good as the sixth man, has allowed Jalen Lowe to establish himself as the point guard that this team really needed and didn't have in earlier stretches of the year. It's allowed Bub Carrington to kind of get back into his groove as a good scoring guard. It's allowed Blake Henson to do less, and by doing less, he's able to contribute more. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's allowed Pitt to attack teams with different looks. If it wants to go with that three-guard rotation, which it rolls with probably 25 to 30 minutes a game, then it can do that. But it can also use some of its size depending on the matchup. It can do a lot of different things. And while Leggett is probably not the high-end prospect that Lowe and Carrington are, I just think what he brings as far as physicality, as far as defending, as far as he's still the team's leading rebounder, and he's done so many different things in so many different games. He hit the big basket uh, right out of the final media break last Wednesday in, in Raleigh. He had three steals against Duke and made some clutch defensive plays. He had 22 points against Wake Forest, including four three-pointers. He's a great free-throw shooter. He's a good defender. There's there's a lot to like about him. And it seems like every game he's doing something else where he's allowed other players to find their defined role. And he can go to Capel and say, what do you need me to be today, coach? And I think that's the value there. So we'll move on now to our final question. This one comes from Johnny. He wants to know, would a win Tuesday night be Pitt's best victory of the season? For for reference, Pitt has one other quad one victory. This would be their second. Uh, And that quad one victory was, of course, on January 20th when it beat Duke, number seven team in the country at that time, uh, in Cameron Indoor Stadium for the first time since 1979. Now, albeit, very impressive win. Duke was without two starters in that game. I'm not going to cry boo-hoo for Duke, though, because they replaced those two guys in the starting lineup with five stars. So they were still loaded. Carter, what says you? Uh, Duke, more impressive win, or would this one be more impressive just by looking at how well Virginia is playing right now? 
I mean, Virginia's playing great right now. I still think that Duke win ranks higher for, for me uh, just because I don't care. Like you said, I don't care that they were missing two plays. Did Kyle Filipowski play? Okay, then they had then they, they had the guy that they needed to, to boost yeah. hit time and time again. Uh, that's still your top win. But like you were saying, uh, Virginia, they don't lose at home. They've won 23 straight there. And I, I think this is the win that if Pitt wins this game, they're on the map again. They, like there's, and, and you'll see them start to come up in more bracketology uh, segments. Not as you know, you know, you know, guys that are on the on the on the bracket already, but they might make you know the the last four out after after this kind of a win. And then if they can stack wins up on top of this, uh, this is the path that we've been talking about. That if they're going to make it to the tournament, they have to start walking it. And they walked up to this point. They could, and don't don't take me the wrong way. They could lose this game and still make the tournament if they win. If they win six of their last eight, and this is one of those last eight. But if they win this game along with those six of the last eight, and then they get, you know, I think one more big win in the tournament over a Duke or a Virginia or a North Carolina, that could be the t- the, the ticket puncher if that if that's their twenty third or twenty fourth win to get into the tournament. But this would be a another big point to add into their resume. And right now, if you're pit, you need everything to to add to that. So. It's not a must win, but it's a man. If you win this, it changes a lot about your script moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a team. This Duke was the the spark. I mean, yes. that that team was dead, and it, it needed to win that game to create any sort of hope for a season, really. And regardless of what this team goes on to achieve, be it getting to the NCAA tournament or even the NIT, um, we're going to point back at that Duke game as the moment it turned. However, if this team makes the tournament, the Virginia game is going to be the next step. Yeah. Where they're, like that's going to be the bit next big moment. And then the third next big moment will probably be in Clemson. Um but yeah, this this is a huge game. It's I think I think it's 1A 1B. Duke is still ahead of it just because no one wins in Cameron Indoor. Like right. you want to talk about how Virginia's won 23 straight? It's like okay, well, like go ahead and look up Duke's home winning percentage over the last fifty years. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's probably just as good as Virginia's over the last decade. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one for sure. I think that it can be argued. You know, Virginia's playing the best basketball in the ACC right now. Maybe even some of the best basketball in the country. Uh, and this is a tough matchup, but this is going to make Pitt a, a more a, a more known force. As you said, Carter, it's gonna it's gonna get some national attention, and it's gonna make the ACC look stronger, which is what Pitt also needs. So, it's a big game. It's a big game, Carter. Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Uh, nope. Just that it's been it's been a very interesting thing. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said earlier, if there's more Pitt, Pitt football changes coming in the coming months with all the shakeups that are happening. But I think it's also important to note this isn't just happening to Pitt. A lot of college football programs are taking blow after blow because people are going to the NFL because of the changes. So don't feel that Pitt is on some island dealing with these issues. This is a national problem and, uh, you know, for college football programs. And it's something that's going to need to be addressed by the NCAA uh, if it wants to stop this from becoming a bigger problem. Or the schools could leave the NCAA and just make college football what it really is. And that's That's the level beneath the NFL. 
And that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms. Yes, I yeah, I think and that's the way we're trending. But that's for another mailbag. He's Chris Carter. I'm Noah Hiles. Thanks for tuning in for this show, which is brought to you as always by Mike's Beer Bar. You can hit us up uh, and ask us any questions on social media or our emails, and you can check out all of our work at post-gazette.com. We will see you next week here on the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.